We're glad you're with us. Let's stand and worship together this morning.
you can be seated for just a moment. We're so thankful and glad that you're with us here this morning at Broadway 1109. We want to welcome you. If you're new with us, we especially want to say welcome to you. We are honored that you would choose to spend an hour out of your week with us here at Broadway. Uh, if you would, there's a little perforated section on the edge of your bulletin. We hope you got one of those as you came in. That's our connection card. If you would, just simply fill that out, and you can drop that in our offering bucket here in just a second. Or if you missed that, that's okay. You can still drop it at our Welcome Center. We have two little black boxes on our Welcome Center located in the back of the sanctuary. You can drop that in there on your way out. That's simply our way of getting to know you a little bit better. We don't sell that information or use it for anything other than simply learning how we can best minister to you and your family here at Broadway. We are glad that you're here. We're excited to see what God's going to do this morning. We had a great 9 o'clock service. We had a couple of baptisms and really just a special morning in that time. So we're excited to see what God does here this morning and in the 1109 service. As we continue, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward, and you're going to have an opportunity to give as part of our service. We want to remind you that you can always use our text-to-give option. That number is located in your bulletins, or you can see it on the screens as you exit, in, enter and exit the building. Uh, and, or you can always give traditionally through the, uh, through the offering plates as they come your way. As we continue to worship this morning, let's pray, and then we're going to have our time of offering. Holy Father, we are humbled to be in your presence this morning. God, we thank you for the love that never fails. God, we thank you for the love that's never ending, never running out. God, the love that's faithful, that works all things together for our good. Father, we pray now that as we continue through our service this morning, that you're honored, that you're glorified, that you're exalted. Father, that yours is the only name, the name of Jesus that's lifted high. Lord, now as we move into our time of offering and our, our time of giving, God, we pray that um, you would lead us to give cheerfully, to give generously. And Father, that you would take what we give, our offerings and our tithes, and that you would use those to further your kingdom and your mission through our church here at Broadway. God, we love you. We thank you most of all for Jesus and for the grace that you give us so freely through his sacrifice, his death on the cross, and his resurrection three days later. And it's in his powerful and precious name that we pray. Amen. We're going to continue in worship as our ushers pass our plates this morning. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me. working all things out, he's working all things 
stand and join us on the chorus. of the foundation that we have in Christ that we can praise no matter what our life situation may be. Let's sing together this morning as we exalt his name. My hope is built on nothing less Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less. Sing it with us. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But wholly trust.
Father, we thank you for the foundation that we have in Christ. We thank you for the cornerstone of our faith, God, that we can rely upon through the storm. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, the question today is, how old does a person need to be in order to be baptized? Boy, that question has been asked a lot. I love the story of Acts chapter 8, when the Ethiopian eunuch simply said, See, here is water. What does hinder me from being baptized? He said, If you believe with all of your heart. And here's what he said. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he baptized him. I mean, he didn't go any other deep theological discussion. Think with me for a moment. Uh, you're a Christian family. Uh, son and daughter were going to church nine months before they came into this world. You have had them in Bible study in church. You taught them, sung to them, read to them. Why are we so surprised when they're six years old 
they begin to talk about wanting to be baptized. They can't even pronounce the word, but they've heard enough and learned enough that they want Christ into their heart. And you begin to talk to them, and they have a good understanding, a decent understanding of what it means to sin. I was 20 when I came to Christ. I'd never owned a Bible. I couldn't have quoted John 3.16. I didn't know the difference in Old Testament and New Testament. I didn't know who the Jews were. But I knew this. Jesus was dealing with my heart, conviction, exposing my need. And I simply responded with all I did know, which was not much, to all I knew about him that was not much. What really mattered is once I came to Christ, thank God for a church that discipled me. And then those questions that had not been answered in my heart were answered. Sometimes a child may not be ready, but it's a step in the right direction. Always encourage any movement toward Jesus. Hope this helps. September the 8th, let's pray that God move mightily in all our churches. Is our, that, that kicks off our revival here at our church. But uh, if you have your Bible, open to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 32. This is the passage here. We are in the middle of a revival sermon series. And what we're going to see here, and if you have your bulletin, hopefully you do, you want to go ahead and pull that out. Um, uh, there's actually two inserts there. You can pull out both of them. I'm going to reference both of them here. But um, this is a passage of Scripture that you're going to see. We're going to read here, and it's talking about how a man named Jacob wrestled with God. Now, that's kind of unusual. Who wrestles with God? And that is somewhat odd and unusual that we will see that. But, you know, sometimes, have you ever had odd things or unusual, strange things ever happen to you? Yesterday, um, I went to Walmart, and if you ever want odd or strange things happen, you go to the store there off Nichols Hill Road, and um, you're guaranteed to see something. So we go there, and we're going there because Daniel Jr. has been saving his money for months and months to buy a Nintendo Switch. I didn't know until a few weeks ago what a Nintendo Switch was, but it's a, it's a like a, um, I think it's, when I was a young man, they had Game Boys. I guess the Switch has moved its way up. It's like it just evolved. It started out with the Game Boys. Anyway, it's a, it's a gaming device. So we go there, and when I go to the bank, I get what I call specialty money. It's the $1 gold coins, $2 bills, and half dollars. And you're thinking, how do you get those? Every bank in America, you can just go there and say, I want to get your specialty money, and they get them. You can actually sell this stuff on eBay. Because most folks don't realize how easy it is. Now, I don't sell it on eBay, but you could. But <coughs> it's very easy to get that. So we go there, and Junior's got his um, $1 gold coin. And we're at the gaming section buying a Nintendo, and we, we pay with a dollar gold coin. First of all, do you all know what I'm talking about, a dollar gold coin? Has anybody ever seen one? Who has seen? All right, half of you. So... The other half, you would fall right in this illustration here, what's about to happen. This guy would fall in, that was working there, apparently fell in the half that did not raise their hand this morning. He looks at it and goes, is this a token, a game token? I go, no, it's U.S. currency. You just look. Now, we're in the line holding it up at this point. He's looking at it. He's holding it around, and um, we're just waiting, and he, he, he looks at it. 
And I'm not kidding you. He does this. You know, um, you remember for the folks that use the super large print Bibles, they have magnifying glasses. When you get like nine, you have to really look close to be able to see it. This gentleman, out of his pocket, pulls out a giant magnifying glass. Who carries a magnifying glass in their pocket? This happened yesterday. I even saw Amy. Amy was there to verify it. She bumped into her. Pulls it out and looks at the coin. And he says, you're right. This is a dollar. <laughs> By this point, the guy behind me is going, oh, my goodness. He's going to another line. It's just, but finally, that is, <clears throat> that is an odd experience. And then it got even worse. After the coin, I pulled out a $2 bill and gave it to him. And he said, wow, look at this. I think this is the slowest cashier I've ever seen. That was an odd and strange event. Those $1 coins are real money if you're a cashier. I share that because we're about to see a strange event here in the Bible. Could you imagine a wrestling match with God? That is what's about to happen. So I want you to pull your Bibles out. Look here in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 32. We're going to read these scriptures here. Verse 24, it says, Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Let me give you background information. So why is Jacob alone? Jacob was what we call patriarch. His daddy was Isaac. His grandfather was Abraham. And the reason why he was alone is because when Jacob was a young man, the word Jacob actually means deceiver. He did something that to his brother that he, his brother did not like. And when he was a young man, he stole his father's blessing. Esau was his older brother. And that's important because what that means is your inheritance. The way it worked in um, Jewish time, the, uh, the one child that received the blessing would receive twice as much as the, old, as the uh, other boys. The, unfortunately, the girls didn't get anything. So in this case, with their children, Jacob would receive 66% of the family inheritance. And then Esau, who should have received a higher number, he only got 33. So that's why, that's why this was so, it's upset Esau so much. So Esau finds out that his brother stole his blessing from his father because his, his father it was getting old, his eyesight was going bad, and he didn't have the magnifying glass to make sure it was his son that was his blessing. And his, his blessing, he gave it to someone else. So what happened was Esau got mad, and Esau threatened to kill his brother. Well, if somebody's threatening to kill you, what do you do? You, you leave. You have to go somewhere else or you'll die. So he goes out in the wilderness for 20 years. And that's where he meets his two wives. He, um, uh, he has 11 children at this point. He doesn't have his 12th yet. But he meets this guy named Laban. So all of a sudden, um, God's doing something new with Jacob's life. Well, we get to Genesis chapter 32. And Jacob finds out that his brother Esau is coming to meet him. And he's bringing 400 people with him. So all of a sudden, he's thinking, uh-oh. My brother probably is going to kill me. That's why he's bringing 400 folks to me. So what happens leading up to this verse is Jacob was one of these guys. He's very fearful. So what he does is he puts his wife and his children, his wives and his children and slaves and all his livestock on one side of the river. And they were going to be his protectors. What I mean by that is, before he met his brother, he was going to send some family members first with some presents so that just how they're received, 
if Esau kills his family members, then he knows he doesn't need to meet his brother. He needs to run away. It's always a kind, godly thing to do. So he's sending, that was his plan. So he's going to send his wives and kids up front and make sure, and he'll come a second round, make sure he's safe. So what's happening is this is the night before he's supposed to meet his brother, and God's about to do something with him. He's alone on one side of the bank, and his family members are on the other. Well, all of a sudden, this man comes and starts wrestling with him, a, wrestle, a wrestling match. That's odd enough. That's even more odd than pulling a you know, magnifying glass out of Walmart. Verse 25, when the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they, were, as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. So all of a sudden, Jacob, Jacob wins. Jacob's uh, wrestling God right now. But in the wrestling match, he, he dislocated his hip. So then, in verse 26, Then he said to Jacob, this is God speaking, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he's holding on to this man. And he's saying, I, I want a blessing. I just beat you in a wrestling match. Which is strange. <clears throat> and then God said, in verse 27, what is your name? The man asked, Jacob. Now, Jacob, that means deceiver. So part of Jacob's upbringing, he was just a crafty guy, and he kind of weaseled some people out of some stuff, i.e. his brother. Verse 28, look what God says. Your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. This man that was wrestling, Jacob renamed him. The word Jacob means deceiver. The word Israel means for he has struggled with God. Every time we use the word Israel, every time we talk about the nation on the other side of the world in Asia, Israel, we remember this story right here. God gave Jacob the name Israel. Israel didn't come from man. It came from God. The, he's saying, Jacob, you're no longer going to be known as someone who's deceitful. You're going to be known as someone who struggled with the Lord and prevailed, by the way. Do you know from Israel, Jacob here, his new name, he had 12 sons. And from one of those sons, through the lineage, came Jesus. So this is powerful. In the Old Testament, names meant something. So having the name of Israel was a powerful name. Then Jacob asked, please tell me your name. He wants to know God's name. But God doesn't, God won't answer that question. But he answered, God answered verse 29. Why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. God blessed Jacob who's now Israel, right there at that midnight wrestling match. Verse 30, Jacob then named the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, he said, yet my life has been spared. The sun shone on him as he passed by Penuel, limping because of his hip. That is why still today the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that's at the hip socket because he struck Jacob's hip socket at the thigh muscle. What we see here is this fits in our passage. 
with revival is last week, our overall theme we're talking about is revival, experiencing personal revival in your life. Last week, we looked at how Christ awakens your faith. And one of the ways he does that by pointing out sin. It's a component of revival. And we gave the illustration of how Paul, he came and confronted Peter and Barnabas for their sin. And when, it, when you are start having self-reflection in your life, and you start saying, there are areas and sinful, sinful habits in my life that I need to ask for forgiveness to, and you start doing that, you experience revival. Well, here, here we're seeing Jacob. He wanted God to bless him. He prays a prayer, Lord, bless me. He's asking for God for more. That's another part. Prayer is a component of revival. When you've been spiritually awakened, when you have a devout prayer life, you do these things in spiritual practices, you experience revival. And that's why we're talking about this. This is why that's so important. This man went to sleep, a fearful man, scared to death. He was worried about meeting his brother Esau. And do you know in the scripture, if you move on in verse Chapter 33, verse 1. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming toward him with 400 men. And it says, when he woke up in the morning, in chapter 33, Jacob was a new man. He was no longer that fearful, frightful man that went to bed that night. He went to bed as Jacob, and he woke up as Israel. And I think the reason why God knew that Jacob here, this is his chosen instrument that he's going to bring his son through. He doesn't want some frightful, fearful man who's scared to death of his brothers. When you have been called and you have been saved, you're no longer known as a deceiver. You're no longer known as someone who's fearful. You're Israel. You're the man that struggled with the Lord and prevailed. It's a powerful name. That God is giving this frightful man. He woke up that morning and here comes Esau. He no longer sent his family members and wives and children out front. He went first and foremost to meet Esau boldly. Because he experienced God that night. And some of us this morning, what we want God to do in our life to experience revival, we need to have a wrestling match with God. Now, I know that sounds strange. But what that means is, what has, God, what has God been teaching you? What has God brought you through? What has been your nighttime experience that you wake up in the morning and go, I'm different, I'm saved, I'm no longer that man that went to bed, I'm no longer that woman, I'm now a new man. Pull out your bulletin insert. Look at this one, this first one right here, it says revival. Brother Jim heard here in our church, our associate pastor, we have a revival coming up in about three weeks with evangelist Keith Cook. I'm going to ask you to begin praying for revival. Will you pray for 25 days? If you start today and you go all the way through, it actually ends on, on Wednesday, November 11th, or not November, that would be a really long revival. It starts on September 8th and it ends on September 11th. 25 days leading up to that. Will you pray for that revival? Will you pray for God to bring new life into not just our church, but in your life? 
Will you ask for a blessing from the Lord? Will you ask God to, to change your identity? Maybe you've been known as a deceiver and you want to be known as Israel. You want a name that says, I've wrestled with God and I've prevailed. Do you know why there's a nation right now named Israel over in the Middle East? It's because they've prevailed. That name means they have been wrestling with the Lord. That's God's chosen nation. He's raised up. His son was an Israelite. When we read our Bibles, we see that God chose this people group to bring his son ultimately to die for our sins. We are all saved by the blood of an Israelite named Jesus. And because that man, Israel means he's prevailed. He's struggled, he's wrestled with God, and he won. That is what happened in Genesis 32. Revival, personal revival. Guys, it doesn't just come like that. You don't just wake up and feel great. It's a struggle. Knowing the Lord, coming close to the Lord, requires work on your behalf. It requires effort. And that's what, that's what, what we want to experience here in our life. Pull up to the other bulletin insert here. When does God speak to us? I want you to follow along. Have you, do you want God to speak to you? Do you want to experience God? Number one, here in your bulletin. God speaks to us when we are alone. When we're alone with God. Do you know Jacob? He went to bed alone. His family's on the other side of a river called the Jabbok River. And he's alone with God. Do you know it's actually hard to be alone? It's hard to be alone because you have now a Nintendo Switch at your house making noise. You have your phone. You have uh, TVs on all the time. You have your Alexa. All of these devices are constantly going. Silence is more and more difficult. God spoke. God wrestled with this man when he was alone that night. I want to warn you, you get alone with God and He's going to teach you something. He's going to show you something. He's going to change you. You're going to experience a presence and a power with Him. But one of the greatest challenges, it's hard to be alone. But Jacob here, he got renamed while he was alone. No one else was with him except the Lord. Number two, when does God speak to us? He speaks to us at night. Do you know God created the night? Genesis 1.5 says, not only did he make the day, he made the night. Do you know when you're alone at night, you might not be alone, but if you're at night, you're laying there in bed, you speak to the Lord. The God can read your mind. He knows your thoughts, the Bible says. You can have a prayer life at night. You can w go to bed one person and wake up a radically different person. God can teach you and instruct you in the middle of the night. If you wake up at 3.30 in the morning, you think, why am I awake? Why can't I fall asleep? It might be the Lord. The Lord might want you to just stop and get on your knees right there and say, I need to spend time with Jesus. I need to be praying about. I need to be praying for my church, praying for my pastor, praying for my family, praying for people who don't know the Lord. Do you remember last spring when we did Who's Your One here in our church? We all committed. We all came up front. Such a great thing. We came up front and we gave those names to God. 
We, we, we made a 30-day commitment of praying for at least one person we know who does not know Jesus. Now think about it. Have you prayed for that person lately? Do you still think about that person? God might wake you up at 4 a.m. for the purpose for you to cry out and call out to Him. If you're awake at night, give that time to God. Number three, when we least expect it, God speaks to us. You might be here this morning, and you might be came for some random reason. You're just driving by and go, that's a good church time, 1109 to start church. Nice late service, can't get up at 9, but I can be there at 11. God brought you here, and you just think it's a regular Sunday in August, but it's a Sunday that God has a message for you. You, you went to bed last night fearful, and you woke up someone who's prevailed. That's what happened to Jacob. He goes to bed Jacob, and he wakes up Israel. In our life here, what God is trying to teach us is that he wants us to be bold in our belief. He wants us to no longer be known as a deceiver, no longer be known as this person who, who struggled with sin, but we have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus, and we are now Israel. We have a strong, powerful name. You have the name of Jesus. You identify with Him. You're a believer in the Lord. God is calling you and I. He's raising us up to say, you're so much more than your past. Now, for some of us, you say, Dan, what does it mean? What does it mean to wrestle with God? Because this is just unusual. This is the only time we see this in the Bible. I mean, God doesn't normally get in a wrestling match, but here he does. And I think the purpose of what he's trying to teach Jacob and what he's trying to convey to us this morning is that we look at, we look at Jacob's life prior to this and we see this guy who's just a swindler. I mean, he just goes around and steals and cheats people out. Him and his uncle Laban, or his father-in-law Laban, they, they had some deals going. But, but it, it comes to a point where God says, that's no longer you. You're now known as someone who struggled with God and with men, and you won, you prevailed. And God blessed him. We see that if Jacob asked God to bless him, what that means, a blessing, that means that, God, I want your provision, I want your help, I want your presence upon me. This new school year, I want the Lord. I want to experience God. I want to be a great witness this week, this year. We need to, we need to view ourselves differently. Our old life, it's gone. Jesus has saved you. He's forgiven you. You are now a new creation. He wants you to wake up boldly on the side of the mountain and say, I'm not going to send my wives and children out front. I'll go meet my brother. I'm, the Lord is my, he's, he's my fighter. He's my shield. He goes in front of me. Who do I have to be afraid of? God took this man and in a wrestling match made him a bold warrior for himself, for the Lord. And that's what it means to wrestle with God. 
It's a period in your life that God gets a hold of you and He strengthens and He shapes your faith. So we see in this passage, last thing I want to bring up. The man started walking with a limp. In the wrestling match, God touched his hip and he started limping all of a sudden. He woke up and he couldn't walk like he used to walk. God, I believe, made Jacob limp because every time he took a step, he remembered that night. He remembered who he was. He remembered it was the Lord that's brought me this far. It was the Lord that helped me talk to my brother Esau. Esau was excited to meet him. Him and Esau, they blessed each other. But this is a new Jacob, a one that's not fearful. In the New Testament, someone else basically had a limp. A man named Paul in 2 Corinthians. The Bible says that God put a thorn in his flesh. And it prevented him from being prideful. Instead of Paul, who was very likely to become a very arrogant man, a cocky man, he was reminded, I have this thorn in my flesh, and the Bible doesn't describe what that thorn looked like. But it reminded him that his, the grace of Jesus, all he is, all he's able to do, comes from Christ. And many times in our life, we have to have a limp, or we have to have a thorn in our flesh, something that reminds us daily, if not every minute, that we are dependent upon the Lord. What is your limp? What has God brought you through? What has God, you went to sleep one night as Jacob and you woke up as Israel and you had a a wrestling match and you come out with a limp. For some of you, that is a struggle with addiction. For others of you, that's some health concern you've been through. You've been praying for something and you finally see the answer to that prayer. But what we see here is God... He's he's telling us, I have it up on the screen, the limp reminded Jacob of God's blessing in his life. There it is right there. You see, the limp reminded Jacob of God's blessing in his life. You can read. What reminds you of God's blessing in your life? Some of you, we have just forgotten what God has done. And this morning, I want to ask you, if you want to experience revival, you need a prayer life that you are asking God to bless your life boldly. says, I don't want to be that old man, that old woman anymore. I am now Israel. I am now Daniel. I am now Mary. You've raised me up. God's not going to probably rename you, but he's going to give you a renewed vision for revival. He's going to give you one that you see the importance of having a prayer life and asking God to do more. What we see, if you want to experience Christ, if you want to experience a relationship, a closeness with the Lord, some of us, we're going to have to get alone with the Lord and it's not going to come easy. It's a wrestling. Meaning there's a struggle. That's what we see when we see 
wrestle. I've struggled with the Lord. For some of you, you have been struggling with the Lord for years. And Christ is telling you this morning to surrender to Him. He's telling you when we have our invitation, our time of response we're about to have, you need to walk this aisle and give your life to Jesus. Chris mentioned we had baptism. We had baptism in our morning service. People following Christ in believer's baptism. God is going to do something in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless this church. And He is blessing this church. Blessing this service. So you look back and say, Lord, I want to prevail. I want to invite you to bow your heads and pray. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to pray. A prayer that you say, God, part of revival is me having a prayer life that's asking for you to bless me, for your provision, for your help. God, I pray this morning that as we come to you, that you call us to surrender. Lord, we know that prayer is a huge important of re- component of revival. And I pray we experience revival in our lives. Lord, put a newness in our hearts. Lord, this invitation, this time of response is yours. Lord, make us bold followers of you. Lord, rename us. Don't let us be back on our old identities. Jesus, I thank you for this message. I pray that you seal these words on our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a time of response. I'll be standing down front. If you want to make a decision, you want to join this church, now's the time to do business with the Lord. So let's stand together. Our band's going to lead us our song. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond. Hey!
certainly glad that you've been here with us this morning. Uh, we're, we're thankful for the time that you've been able to spend with us. Uh, we want to remind you of a few things coming up. Don't forget, uh, tonight starts our Awana Club. That's for children ages 3 through the 8th grade this year. Zach is taking on middle school, and we're going to be doing a, a new program with them. Uh, so uh, that's for, again, children ages 3 through the 8th grade, and that starts tonight at 530 and runs till 7 o'clock. Uh, so we'd love to see you there. I know it's going to be another great year of Awana. Uh, they put a lot of hard work into making sure that uh, that everything's going to go smoothly this year. So we're excited to see uh, see what God does through that program. Uh, also, don't forget that uh, this week is Welcome Back Week for a lot of our college students across the campuses, across Lexington. So be praying for them, praying for campus ministries, and be praying for uh, our Broadway College ministry. That's a little bit close to my heart uh, as we uh, reach out to these campuses throughout the course of this week. Um, you've noticed some things in your bulletin coming up that we want you to be involved in. Uh, so I pray and hope that you're looking at that and reading through those. Uh, but we are excited about the days to come. I'm going to invite our Deacon of the Week, Richard Strings. Uh, Richard's going to come up and pray for us to close our service. And as soon as he is done, we're dismissed. <laughs> 